that if anything that the Lord is looking for from his people, it is our faith. That's the thing that the Lord is really interested in. Now, there are many things that could have made the Lord marvel, but they're not spoken of. The Lord could have marveled at the temple. He could have marveled at the city of Jerusalem. He could have marveled at the, the scenery from the mountain down into the, the valleys. But he marveled at a man's faith. And I want us tonight to look at the value of faith to the Lord and how he sees your faith, my faith, as a very precious and valuable Welcome to Let the Bible Speak. This is Ian Gallagher, and we're on the air to bring you the message of the gospel. I trust that today the Lord will have a word in store for your own heart. And we come to Luke chapter 7 today. We're speaking on a soldier's faith. And it's faith that the Lord is looking for. He's not looking for your works. He's not looking for some outward sign. He's looking for your trust in Him as the way of salvation. We'll be looking at that later in the program. We have Alan McGill to sing to us today two particular hymns at the beginning and at the end of the sermon, and I trust you will stay tuned right through. We begin with our thoughts on the book of Romans today. I want to read to you right down from verse 15 to 18. Paul said, I am a debtor both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the unwise. So, as much as in me is, I am ready to preach the gospel to you that are at Rome also. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. To everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. So there you have it, the word of God from the apostle Paul as he was inspired to write to the church at Rome. Now, to what was Paul a debtor? He said, I am a debtor. The gospel was revealed to him. Now, note the word revealed in verse 17, for therein is the righteousness of God revealed. The gospel is not something that comes to us by our reasoning out of our own brains but out of revelation from the living God. And you'll notice that in verse 18 that it is the knowledge of God's wrath on a fallen world. That word of warning needed to be proclaimed to all men. And in that sense, Paul was a debtor. He owed men the message of the truth. He needed to tell them. He could not be silent because he knew the truth. And men who were ignorant of the truth needed to be warned, needed to be given the message of the gospel. 
And you can see here that the gospel is both positive and negative. It is good news because there is deliverance from the bad. There is deliverance from God's wrath. And until men understand that they are condemned due to their own sin, and God is angry with them every day, they will never receive the good news. They will never comprehend what it is about. And so in our ministry of the gospel, we have to be faithful to men to warn them of the wrath to come and also to deliver to them the hope that Jesus is come and has in his own person borne that wrath. And that is the righteousness of God revealed. So stay tuned as we move now to our music and then to our message. Be thou exalted forever and ever, God of eternity, the ancient of days, wondrous in majesty, so mighty in wisdom, perfect in holiness, and worthy of praise. Be thou exalted, thy seraphs and angels. Be thou exalted, with harp and with song. In their anthems of rapture adore thee. Thine be the glory forever. Amen. Be thou exalted. O Son of the Highest, Gracious Redeemer, Our Savior and King, One with the Father, Co-equal in glory, Here at Thy footstool Our homage we bring. Be thou exalted, O Spirit eternal, dwell in our hearts, keep us holy within, feed us each day with thy heavenly manna, healer of wounded hearts, thy praises we sing. Be thou exalted by seraphs and angels. Be thou exalted with harp and with song. Saints in their Rapture adore thee, thine be the glory forever. Amen. Be thou exalted. 
fairest and angels Be thou exalted With harp and with song Saints in their anthems Of rapture adore thee Thine be the glory listening to Let the Bible Speak. May the Lord draw near, bless your soul today as we minister the gospel from the pulpit of our church here in Cloverdale. Well, we're coming to Luke 7 and to this miracle of the healing of the Roman centurion's servant. In our current magazine, there's a report of the uh, ordination of Captain uh, Vicente Alzavar. He is a U.S. chaplain, and he studied in our Geneva Reformed Seminary, and this opportunity came up through the American Council of Ch- Christian Churches. They were asked to uh, supply chaplains to the U.S. Army, and Vicente f- was interested in that, and of course he had to do training He had to go through all the rigors of preparing uh, for the army. But uh, very soon after his acceptance into the military, uh, because he was a chaplain, he was given the rank of captain. He went off to Afghanistan with a uh, brigade of troops and served there for a considerable time and back again to the U.S. And right now he's in Honduras where he is working as a chaplain. You can imagine the many opportunities that that brings, and there are times, of course, when men uh, need answers, and they are looking to the Word of God and looking to uh, God's servant to guide them. And I say these things tonight because of this Roman centurion. And the Lord was not against a man being a soldier. Indeed, uh, this man is commended in many ways. He was an outstanding man. And this centurion, well, the outstanding thing that he did for his people was to build a synagogue. So you can imagine that he was a man of means. And to be in the Roman army and to have rank in the Roman army would have given uh, certainly quite a lifestyle. And he was able uh, to underwrite and fund the erection of a synagogue uh, for Jewish worship. And certainly he was a generous man. We also mark here that he was a kind man, because this servant who became sick, we're told in verse 2, that he was dear unto him. Now, in Roman military, servants were very disposable. Uh, They were not very valuable. You could easily replace a servant with another. But this servant, who must have endeared himself to this Roman officer, um, was loved and cared for. 
And so that when he became sick, he was concerned for him, and he wanted to find a way to help him. Now, the next and perhaps the biggest surprise of all that this centurion made the Lord marvel. If you read verse 9, it says here, when Jesus heard these things, he marveled at him. Now, there's only two times in the gospel accounts where the Lord Jesus marveled at anything. The first account is in Mark 6, where the Lord marveled at the unbelief in the, of the people of Nazareth. He said that a prophet has no honor in his own country, and he did not many mighty miracles there because of their unbelief. And the Lord marveled at their unbelief. And so, when you come to the Roman centurion, you flip the coin, and this man's faith caused the Lord to marvel. He was pleasantly surprised. But you'll notice what he went on to say uh, in this verse 9, that I say unto you, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. So here is this Roman centurion. He's a military man. He is a Gentile. He befriended the Jews. He was a gracious, merciful, kind man. But the thing that the Lord picks up on is his wonderful faith and his act of faith by believing on the Lord. Now, do you know what I get from this? that if anything that the Lord is looking for from His people, it is our faith. That's the thing that the Lord is really interested in. Now, there are many things that could have made the Lord marvel, but they're not spoken of. The Lord could have marveled at the temple. He could have marveled at the city of Jerusalem. He could have marveled at the, the scenery from the mountain down into the, the valleys. But he marveled at a man's faith. And I want us tonight to look at the value of faith to the Lord and how he sees your faith, my faith, as a very precious and valuable thing. Firstly, let's look at the vital place of faith. As we noted, there were many good things about this centurion. Just let's list them again and get these nailed down and uh, get them emphasized. Well, he was kind to his own servant who was near to death. And this was certainly a, a very commendable thing. Then to the Jewish nation, uh, he was an outstanding man of generosity in providing and building that synagogue. And not just providing a synagogue, but he took an interest in their worship. But none of those things impressed the Lord. None of them made the Lord to marvel for a moment. And there were certainly things about this Roman centurion that were outstanding, that were remarkable. Uh, as I say, he was a good man. He had a tremendous gift to uh, rule men. You can imagine this man as a leader. I'm sure 
Roman soldiers would have been delighted to know that they were assigned under the leadership of this centurion. It would have been a happy affair to serve under him. There's something else that I notice about this man, and that was his humility. A very rare thing for a Roman uh, uh, military officer. And we're told in verse 6 that when Jesus went with them, and when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. Now, I'm sure the same man had no mean home. I don't think he lived in a hovel. With his ability to uh, fund the erection of a synagogue, a place of worship for the Jews, he would most likely have had one of the best homes in the area. Now, being a military man, he may not have been stationed there for all that long. He may have had to rent something. He may have had to have some temporary arrangement for accommodation, but he had a home, and there lay his servant who was sick. And yet, out of his own humility, he said or sent the message to the Lord, you've no need to come to my home because I'm not worthy that you should enter into my roof. And yet, none of these things impressed the Lord. None of these things made the Lord to marvel. It was that matter of faith. Now, let's take this to our own lives and our own hearts tonight. You may have many fine qualities. You may have even some of these qualities of the centurion, generosity, kindness, humility. But the one thing that the Lord is looking for from his people is our faith. After all, that's the thing that saves our souls. That is how we are justified, not by works, but by faith. And I don't think tonight I need to preach Romans chapter 4, where you have two outstanding men who are given examples, Abraham and David, who were both justified by faith. That means just as if they'd never sinned, made right with God. And so no matter what personal character and qualities you have, the one thing the Lord is looking for is your faith, your trust, your receiving the grace, the mercy of the Lord Jesus. And of course, uh, even good men, no matter how good they are, without faith will never have done enough to be saved. And the great question always comes, when have I done enough if we're not saved by faith alone? And this gives great hope because the worst of men can be saved. There are many people who could not say, well, I'm like the centurion, and I'm generous, I'm kind, I'm uh, humble. Uh, they may be the roughest, toughest sinners in the neighborhood. They may be the most abhorrent and obnoxious characters imaginable. And yet we can preach this gospel to them. It is not your personal qualifications. It is by faith that you are made right with God. And if you put your faith in the finished work, the redeeming work of the Lord, you can be a Christian. And then the Lord can do a work within your life to bring about 
these other qualities and qualifications. And so we can say that faith is the key that unlocks the grace of God to you. It's not your general generosity. It's not your general humility. It's not your general concern about the sick. But it is your faith that opens up the very grace of God to your soul. Faith is the check that brings to you all the riches of the gospel into your heart. So we learn here the vital place of faith. Now, secondly, we have the vitality of faith. Now, I know I'm a preacher, and I like to alliterate and get V's for where I can, and we'll try that tonight, but I think this works because vitality means the energy, the very thing that makes this work. And you look at the vitality of this man's faith, and you follow the events of this account. Well, first of all, the servant got sick. The centurion heard about the Lord Jesus, who had already done many miracles. Now, remember, this was Capernaum, And Capernaum was the center of our Lord's ministry for his Galilean ministry. It was his home away from home, away from Nazareth, during those years of Galilean ministry. And Capernaum and the Capernaumites became witnesses of many such miracles. Another who uh, had a miracle uh, given him was the nobleman whose son was raised to life. And in John 4.50, I want you to notice this because it's going to come up very important here. Uh, John chapter 4 and verse 50. Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him. Now, If you're marking your Bible, I want you to underline that the man believed the Word. You ask me tonight, what is the vitality of faith? It is the Word of the Lord. Now, this centurion, and it would be difficult to prove the order of the miracles of the Lord Jesus in some of these cases, but just let's say that The centurion heard about that miracle of the nobleman's son, and he learned how that nobleman latched onto the Lord's word. Let's see what he did now. Luke 7, verse 7. Wherefore, neither thought I myself worthy to come unto thee, but say in a word, and my servant shall be healed. And here is the vitality of faith. Here is where, what em, empowers our faith. It's not faith in nothing. It's not faith in thin air. It is faith in the actual Word of the Lord, because there is the authority of that Word. And that is the essence of real faith in the Lord Jesus. The Lord said it. I believe it. And if the Lord should command the word, it shall be done. 
Now, that elevates the Lord Jesus to the realm of being God and of being God's Word, the Logos, the Word of the Father. And this centurion's faith was given power and effectiveness because it was in just the spoken word. Say in a word. Now, think of how the world was created. Indeed, I went back to Genesis 1 and reminded myself of this, and it said over and over again that when God created the world in Genesis 1, how did he do it? He just spoke. He spoke each stage of the creation into being. In verse 3, God said, let there be light, and there was light. It was a creative act by the spoken Word of God. And you go down that chapter, and you'll count nine times, and the Lord said, Men may scale the highest mountain and descend the deepest sea, but no one could ever measure God's great love at Calvary. Love of Christ so pure and tender, love so merciful and free, far beyond all comprehension, the love of Christ for me. Some may try to live without Him, and His beauty never see. I shall ever sing His praises for the love He gave to me. Love of Christ so pure and tender, love so merciful, This is Pastor Ian Golliher. Call me, please, at 604-897-2040. For all the details of our broadcasts across Canada, go to ltbs.ca. This broadcast comes to you today from the Free Presbyterian Church in Cloverdale, located at 18790 58th Avenue, Surrey. 
at the corner of 188th Street and 58th Avenue. Our website is cloverdealfpc.ca and there you can find gospel articles, links to our sermons, a gospel booklet called A New Beginning and a link to watch our services online. You're warmly invited to attend any of our Sunday services at 10.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. to meet with us as we worship God and to hear the preaching of His precious Word. We also meet for Bible study and prayer every Wednesday evening at 7.30 p.m. Our Sunday School for Children and Adult Bible Class meet every Lord's Day at 9.30 a.m. from September to June. You can contact us at 604-567-1091. Alternatively, you can email me at pastor.cloverdealfpc at gmail.com. Again, for all this information, please visit our website at cloverdealfpc.ca. Our burden is that you will hear and understand the gospel that will bring you to know the Lord Jesus Christ and his great salvation. This is Pastor Andrew Fitton. Thank you for listening today. And be sure to listen Monday to Friday at 5 a.m. and 5 p.m. and on Sundays at 9.30 a.m. for our one-hour church service as we worship the Lord through the ministry of His Word.